Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. So, um, guys, let's go. Let's get the show on the road. Susan, thank you so much. And tonight, the first thing I want to talk about very briefly is that I had two people ask me last week, why do I always wear black? Why do I always wear black? So I'm going to answer that question. I want to let you know that I pretty much wear the same clothes every day. That's right. I wear the same clothes every day. Not the actual items, but the colors and the styles of stuff. I wear the same day. And one of the reasons I do that is that I travel a lot and black, apart from it being slimming, which is not the main factor, is that you don't have to iron black clothes. You just put them in the bag and take them out. That's the first reason. The second reason is that it's very hard for black clothes to get a stain. And if you're stuck and a whole day presenting, that is the second one. The third reason is that there is a thing called decision fatigue. And decision fatigue says that in this world that we live in, we have so many decisions that we need to make. So if you can eliminate some basic decisions and you allow routine to take over, you'll find that you'll have more energy to make better choices. And of course, with better choices, you'll take better actions. So in many ways, a lot of the things that... I do in my life are actually, um, I've I've eliminated the decision-making process. And I'm going to give you some examples. For instance, what I eat is generally the same food because I don't want to trouble myself and say, oh, should I have that? Should I have that? Should I have that? So it's always the same. Um, And pretty much the pattern of what time I wake up. I don't set up and think, oh, I'm going to wake up this time on this day, this time. So I pretty much do everything the same day. I like to have a life like that. So please understand the concept of decision fatigue. And that is anything that you can do to reduce the amount of decisions that you need to make will allow you to be more creative on important decisions. And, um, as Nicholas Menzies says, this is actually something that a lot of people, you know, do in business. I think Mark Zuckerberg was doing it. I think um, Susan Zuckerberg is someone that does that. I think Stephen Jobs was an example of someone that would, you John know, McGraw. Uh, John McGraw, I know for a fact, very often uh, in his early days, particular, would wear the same uh, clothes on a particular day. I wear pretty much the same um, every day. Um, but I want to move on and talk to you um, about this concept. Um, so firstly, let me explain, because many of you may not know, that um, my background has obviously been real estate heavily based. Marketing, franchising, training, auctioneering, um, and of course in the media for the last 15 years. 
Um, thanks, Adrimbo. Adrimbo just told us that Albert Einstein used to wear the same clothes as well. Um, so um, um, the, I just want to give people some confidence so you know that I'm not just giving you an opinion because what you should never, ever do is get the distortion of believing that opinions are facts. I am, in fact, today giving you evidence-based research. I'll repeat that. An opinion is not a fact. Remember that. An opinion is not a fact. It's just your version of the truth. That's what an opinion is. But today, I'm actually going to give you information that is evidence-based, that is grounded in academic research, that has gone through a scientific approach where uh, people have studied a subject, there's been trials and there's been studies um, that have been able to validate that this is correct and it's not just an opinion. So let me just run through... Um, and, and, and just for the background, where this information came from. So uh, part of it has come out of my master's degree in management, which I studied organizational behavior. And part of it has come out of my coaching psychology certificate from Sydney University. Um, in addition to that, I'm a member of the International Coaching Federation um, and I'm continue, continuously doing personal development courses. I'm currently enrolled in a, uh, a coaching uh, program um, that has been going on for around 18 months and I do that by correspondence. Um, so I am committed to ongoing learning because the reason I say that is that I feel that it's my obligation if someone lends me their mind in a one-to-one -one conversation that my job is to help them uh, be able to see things that they don't see and to change their story and that they may have self-limiting beliefs. And you can't get that unless you've got a really deep understanding of psychology that is evidence-based. So um, let me run through um, um, a couple of the uh, things. The first thing I'd like to talk to you about is I want everyone to understand where most of this research is coming from is called cognitive behavioral therapy. And I know that I'm gonna get a little bit scientific a little bit today, but I'm telling you, if you can grasp these concepts, I would go as far as saying that these are the things, the thoughts, the tools and techniques I've used that have dramatically changed my life um, physically, commercially, um, relationships-wise, um, and what I would go as far as saying is that once you understand this basic framework, you will listen to some people and think these people are full of fucking shit and you'll listen to other people and you'll say he or she gets it. So cognitive behavioral therapy is essentially a model that says that um, your thoughts and your behaviors, your thoughts, and your behaviors, and your emotions, those three things actually have a major effect in the direction your life is going to go. Cognitive behavioral therapy can help you go from good to great, and it can also help someone suffering from depression and anxiety go from pain to better. 
And the, the word that I'd like you to start understanding is cognitions. Cognitions is essentially a word that means the thoughts that you have, the stories that you have. These 60,000 repetitive thoughts are basically cognitions. Um, and what I'd like to also say to you is that if you can understand a triangle and think thoughts, emotions, behaviors. And what's really interesting is that these things are interrelated, that your thoughts can actually change your emotions and your thoughts can actually change your behaviors. But in fact, your behaviors, your behaviors can also change your thoughts, which a lot of people don't get that. Um, and your behaviors can also change your emotions. So let me give you um, an example, and I've written one down here, and that is, um, how does that work? Just picture, picture that you're feeling down. Picture that you're feeling a bit sad, right? That's the emotion. And what I mean by your behavior can change how you feel, your emotion, is that you basically get on the phone and you ring someone that you like, a friend that is an optimistic person and someone that is uplifting and you speak with them for 20 minutes and then after you've hung up, you realize that you actually feel better. So here is a classic example of how the fact that even though you don't feel good, you can actually take a behavior to actually make you feel better. The reason I bring this example is in the world of sales, we know that prospecting is important, but a lot of the times we don't feel like prospecting. So what we actually do is we don't prospect. What I'm saying is that if you learn to actually try and separate that feeling and just get on the phone and do it, you'll find that after an hour of making calls that you actually feel better. So what I'd like you to start doing is understanding this process. And I want you to start catching your thinking. I want you to catch your thinking. And as I said um, to people last week, I might have mentioned it on the rant, do I ever get negative thoughts? Absolutely, I get negative thoughts, but I don't pay much attention to them. They come, I notice them, and I don't engage in them. I won't participate in them, and I let them to flow away. So what I'd like you to do is start to become a witness to your thought. And when you start to do that, when you catch yourself thinking, you're able to begin to substitute negative thoughts with positive empowering thoughts. So what I thought I would do is introduce to you and explain to you, you know, why I think um, some of these, like, like, by the way, if you're watching this right now, I've actually marked uh, some of the thoughts, cognitions, that you may actually have. By the way, can I just say to you, Please share the rant. I believe that there may be one person in your network that will highly benefit by being able to change their thinking over the next 21 days. So here's a thought that some people have. This is a cognition. I must be loved and approved by everyone. So people have got this belief. I've got to be loved and approved by everyone. So here's the problem with that thought. 
When you have that thought, you will spend your time having what I call the disease to please. Excessive, excessive trying to please others. It will also stop you from having what I call assertive behavior because you're too scared to stand for something because you're paranoid. If you do, you're going to offend people and that becomes self-limiting. The next thing I was going to say to you is when you have a cognition that says, I must do things perfectly. I must do things perfectly. So there's an interesting one because the person that tries to do things perfectly, what they do is they start to procrastinate and they perform slowly and they perform inefficiently. And the reason that they do that is that they have this story in their head that it's got to be perfect. Let me say to you that you should change that thought and your thought should be never, never, ever let better. Actually, I can't, I'm trying to think of, you know, the mantra. John McGrath says it so eloquently. Never, ever let perfect get in the way of better. Never let perfect get in the way of better. And what I'd like you to do is understand that if you're a perfectionist, that you'll struggle with procrastination. Let me give you another cognition that I think I notice people have. And that is that they believe that life should be easy and that I shouldn't do things that are difficult or not enjoyable. If you have that belief, if you have that belief, it will actually stop you from doing the thing that's probably going to be the most highest return of investment activity. And I'm going to say to you that when you have a story, a thought, a cognition that don't do things that are hard, I'm saying to you that you'll always avoid unpleasant things, which are often the things that are the best for you. And the last one that I'll touch on is people that have the thought, I'm incompetent. I'm, I'm, I'm not good. The problem with this is that you'll always avoid trying new things. And I don't think people are incompetent. I don't think people are incompetent. There's a beautiful saying by Albert Einstein who says, everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. I'll repeat that. Everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. And this is a really important lesson for any mother or father watching this, to understand that your goal as a parent is to help your children double down and triple down on their strengths. I'll repeat that. Your job as a parent is to allow your kids to have a menu and taste everything. I know I'm using a metaphor, but what I'm saying is to try everything in life until they find the things that they like and they're good at, and then they focus and they double and triple down on their strengths. So again, that's what I'd like to say is that when you're doing the wrong behavior, when you're doing the wrong thoughts, it creates bad behaviors. But I'd also like to move on and talk to you a little bit about what I call faulty thinking, or the way I would call it, fucked up thinking, fucked up thinking. And fucked up thinking is 
thinking processes of people that struggle. And I'm just going to run through some of this stuff, right? Um, the first thing I must tell you is having an irrational belief. An irrational belief is a simple belief that is simply not true, but you have repeated it over and over and over to yourself that it has become your reality. So an irrational belief, an example of an irrational belief, by the way, what I just basically said to you, what I basically said to you is an irrational belief, is an irrational belief, which is I must be liked by everyone. That is an irrational belief. That's a simply irrational belief. No, you don't have to be liked by everyone. And in fact, if you know who you are, if you know who you are, you won't care that much whether people love you, right? I think at the end of the day, if you don't pick you, no one is going to pick you. So gang, let me move on and talk to you about another bit of faulty thinking. But let me run through some more. Let me run through some more irrational beliefs. You might relate to some of these. Here's another one. The world should be fair. The world should be fair. Now, that is not a rational belief. What I'm going to say to you is, by the way, the world owes you nothing. It was fucking here first. Drum that into your head. The world owes you nothing. It was here first. And, and when you believe that the world should be fair... What actually happens is that you start feeling angry and you start feeling depressed. Um, here's another example of an irrational belief. When I do something badly, I'm an idiot. When I do something badly, I'm an idiot. That is an irrational belief because that's essentially saying that you need to do everything perfectly. And I'm going to tell you that if you've got that cognition, you are going to spend your life having a loser mindset and you are going to have a poor self-esteem i if albert einstein said it he said it that what, what did i just say to you before fish will think it's stupid if it's judged on its ability to climb a tree so think about what i've just said you can't expect to do everything good that does not make you an idiot some people are forward, some people are defenders. Some people are red PAs, some people are blue PAs. Some people make incredible Rubik's Cube solver problem type people and other people have got high EQ. So um, let me also talk to you about, you know, something else that I notice um, about people that struggle. And it's called awfulizing. Awfulizing. Awfulizing is the concept of taking something small and making it look major by using language, which then makes you actually think to yourself, it is like a catastrophe. And I'm going to give you an example of awfulizing. Um, let me think of one. Okay, so I'm sitting at the Emirates Lounge at Abu Dhabi about six weeks ago, waiting for a connecting flight, sitting there for two hours. And the guy sitting next to me says, this coffee is disgraceful. I've got to say, this is sickening, this coffee. This is terrible. This is really just spoiled the bloody whole day. Now, that is awfulizing. I mean, seriously, 
this imbecile sitting in the first class lounge at Emirates about to sit on a business class seat, right, is able, is able to find that the coffee was not at the standard he was used to drinking at his fucking cafe. What an absolute moron, right? What an absolute moron. Did I make up the word awfulizing? No, I believe the word awfulizing is a word that exists in psychology. In fact, I would bank on it 100%. It's actually in a textbook. So, um, or, you know, people running late. Oh, I'm running late. Oh, it's the end of the fucking world. I'm, I'm running late. Susan, I'm running late. What's going to happen? we got to start our rant. Tom, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's awfulizing. You know what the problem with some people? They need perspective. You know what they need? They need a real fucking problem. As Nicholas Menzies' third, third world problem. And you know what happens a lot of the times? These people that get whacked with a major crisis, the death of a loved one, the loss of something, a bad diagnosis, or just a really bad accident, they then spend the rest of their life in regret why they weren't grateful. And I've said it on the rant before. If you're not grateful with what you've got at the moment, and as Michelle Kerr says, if you don't have an attitude of gratitude and you're not grateful with what you've got, now, what makes you think you'll be happier later? Which brings me to another bit of irrational thinking and faulty thinking. And that is people that have if thinking, if thinking, if thinking. If I had a Ferrari, I'd be happier. If I had this, I'd be happier. If this happened, I'd be happier. If happening. So the if happening is in fact a major form of anxiety and depression because what causes a lot of stress is the tyranny if things were like this or, you know, I should do this, the tyranny of should. I'm just saying to you, trust me, everything is going to be fine. You've got to let go of the gap of how things are versus how you want them and have patience and that will eliminate a lot of stress and anxiety. I want to move on and talk to you as I finish off this rant, which I know I've gone into a little bit of science of psychology, but I do believe that everyone needs to be that their self-coach. Um, and that is black and white thinking or all or nothing thinking. Black or white thinking or all or nothing thinking. So how this thinking works is that you are the sort of person that um, turns around and decides that they want to eat healthy and they want to lose some weight and they want to look great in summer. So what they do is they go on a super strict diet and then what actually happens is that they screw up and they have three beers and then what actually happens is they feel guilty. I had three beers. And then what they do is think, fuck it. I fucked up. 
that's it. And then they go eat a whole pizza and they think, fuck it, I've had a whole pizza and I've had fucking beer. I might as well get myself an ice cream as well. This is the all or nothing person, right? This is the all or nothing person. And I'm going to say to you, so if you're an all or nothing person or a black or white person, what you're missing is in fact that there's not two options, which is positive or negative, that there is in fact shades of gray. And there is in fact, you know, options between black and white. And what you've got to do is to stop categorizing and polarizing your thinking that it's got to be that way or that way. So gang, the last one I'm going to talk to you about is um, my favorite of all, which is personalization. So personalization is about where people actually start making stories in their head and what they do is they link events that happen externally and they believe that they've happened because of them and they are at fault. An example of that can be, let me just think of one. An example of that is that you're, you're walking, you're doing the bay run. You're going for a walk where there's other people. And what you do is you notice a familiar face of someone you've seen before. And what you do is you smile at that person, but that person doesn't smile back. And then you say to yourself, that person doesn't like me. But in fact, what may have actually happened is that that person didn't notice you because they were listening to their headphones and that glimpse, they just didn't notice you as you walked by. But you don't take that story. What you do is you keep walking and you start saying, this person doesn't like me. What is it about me? Or, um, or, 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 or the person or the girl or guy that goes out and tries to flirt with someone at a club or a bar and he doesn't or she doesn't get a great response because that person has in fact got a partner. And that partner wasn't there, but they're actually not looking at, you know, meeting anyone new. And what happens is because the response is negative, you then begin to think, oh, it's because I'm ugly. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got no personality. Um, I'm awkward. And you start to personalize it and you actually blame yourself for it. Or, um, or, the, or, the, or the girl or guy that misses out a listing at a listing presentation. Um, and comes back and says, you know, um, look, you know, I could tell that these people didn't like girls or um, they didn't like me because I'm a wog or they didn't like me because um, I'm gay. Um, I don't know what your story is. But what I do know is that sometimes what people do is they um, um, make this personalization and they actually blame something that has nothing to do with that. So, gang, um, I think what I've gone through, and as Andy Overman says, it's all about getting better, not bitter, which is, you know, what I do this rant for. I mean, the reason I do this rant is to make a difference, not to make a dollar. That's why I do it. And that's why me and Susan, you know, have religiously got together 
Um, and for the last, I would say now it's um, coming up to 18 months, two years. It's definitely 18 months. It'd be closer to two years because I remember we started um, the year before, um, we started last year, earlier on in the year. So, so 2015 in June. July, June, was it? July 2015. 2015. So, gang, um, where do we go from here? If you enjoyed this information, please, um, and hi, Mario from Canberra, good chatting to you. Um, if you enjoyed the rant, I'd love you to share it. It means a lot to me. Um, and my final words to you are, guys and girls, please remember this. Please remember this. Um, uh, be the subject and the scientist right? No one knows you better than you. You've got to understand that. No one knows you better than you. When someone gives you an opinion about you, they're giving you an opinion about you in their world. This is not about them. This is about your life. What are you going to do about it? Thank you and God bless you. Thanks for tuning in guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next